Welcome to the RVA Returners Podcast, your weekly source for all things Final Fantasy TCG. That's right, guys, you heard correct. This whole episode is nothing but news. Welcome to the RVA Returners Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Adams. With me, as always, is Adam Lane. Adam, say hi to everybody. What's up, everybody? Man, what a weekend. What a weekend. We just uh, finished uh, the world stream, just finished up maybe an hour ago. Boy, is there a lot to unpack. And that's pretty much what this entire episode is going to be. We're going to break it down from from stem to stern, from top to bottom. We're going to go over the opening ceremonies. We're going to talk about, you know, uh, Swiss Saturday. We're going to talk about Top 8 Sunday. We're going to talk about the closing closing ceremony. And we've got a cool little... uh, kind of a a piece of news on our end that we're real excited about so that's kind of the breakdown today so um adam let's just jump right into this just this amazing weekend that just took place um first of all what did you think overall the uh, event i thought it was great uh even from like a spectator's point like Mm -hmm. we were just kind of like you know sitting on the couch watching the event the Mm -hmm. whole time uh we were able to have like a viewing party on saturday that was fun yeah, Wait, shout outs to Curtis and his family for hosting us and making that amazing meatloaf, by the way. Yeah, it was pretty good. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was pretty awesome. Lots of high level games. Everybody at this event was, you know, at an extremely high caliber. Um, so, like, you know, there wasn't really any like big mistakes being made. Obviously, like, everybody makes like little small mistakes from time to time, but mm-hmm. nothing I saw that was like just kind of glaring, you know, like mm-hmm. obvious. Uh, and then, yeah, like, just a ton of, like, really close, good matches. Um, you could tell, like, actual players were, like, battling back and forth. Lots of games mm-hmm. where I felt like most other players would have just been, like, kind of out of the game. We saw yep. players able to, like, kind of scratch and claw back into those games and either win or make them close, which is... Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's definitely a, made for some memorable moments. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's a testament, like I said, to just the caliber of player that were, was there. Mm-hmm. And speaking of you know high caliber players, I want to just give a big, big shout out and just congratulations on the season for the North American national team. Um, I don't think we could have asked for a better group of guys. And of course, I'm talking about David Cox, Chris Neal, Chris Lopez, um, Nate Perez, uh, Jeremiah Tonez, um, Matt Okimoto, and Hunter Nance. Um, all of these guys just really, really kicked some ass this season and, you know, really earned their spot on the world's team. And, you know, I know for a lot of them, the cards didn't fall the way they would have liked and the way we would have liked for them. But that don't let that discourage you. You guys are literally of the top, some of the top players in the top 33 to be exact, top players in the world. Yep. So you have nothing to be ashamed of. You know, everybody has a bad weekend of cards. But, you know, you guys are, you know, you guys you know, come home with your heads held high. You guys are, you know, still some of the best. And we can't wait to see what you guys do next season. Um, and also, you know, uh, this one specifically for Hunter Nance, you know, great, great job this weekend. You making top eight, be, you know, nobody from North America, even I don't even think even sniffed top eight last year. Um, and you came in and went X and one had a hell of a weekend of cards and were, was able to make top eight, you know, you know, congratulations on that. The, the ranch master definitely, um, 
you know, he was my pick to go deep and he definitely did not disappoint. So, you know, again, congratulations to you. And again, thank you guys for just being an amazing team and really, you know, giving everybody a show over the course of the season. Yeah. I mean, it was an amazing event. Like I said, like just to make it there was, was pretty tough in and of itself. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's, that's an accomplishment no matter what happens. So, Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So we're just going to talk about it. So Friday, they had a kind of an opening ceremony. And this was really cool because uh, Joe, uh, Joseph here, as most people know him, was kind of the master of ceremonies for this event. Um, he kind of hosted the little thing they were doing Friday night. Um, they had a kind of a player introduction. And then they, you know, messages from like Kageyama and some of the staff. And they just, then they did, uh, this, and this part was off camera, but they had like quizzes and drinks, kind of like a little, uh, like a little player hobnob. Uh, before the event and it was really cool uh, I don't think they could have found a better personality to do it um, Joe is just a, a you know probably the biggest content creator for this game um, also super knowledgeable about the game and just a terrific human being and just a lot of charisma a lot of personality and I, I think things like this need that kind need, need that kind of um, I don't know they need that kind of um, I can't think of the right word now, but they need somebody like that to really carry the load. Showmanship, maybe? Showmanship. Yeah, showmanship. Um, yeah, I thought it was really, really neat. Um, I know we had kind of talked earlier. We would have maybe liked to have seen it done a little bit differently. Um, I know you had mentioned maybe something like player cards for everybody that we yeah. can see on the viewer side. Yeah, I would have liked to have just like maybe run it a little bit longer it was really short and again like a lot of things i'm gonna say on this cast like i hope nobody takes it the wrong way like these are just suggestions i think the event itself and the stream was great Mm -hmm. um you know super high quality from top to bottom um i I enjoyed everything but yeah i mean like as far as the uh like the opening ceremonies like i feel like maybe like a little bit more grandeur is maybe Mm -hmm. the right word like uh yeah a little more pomp and circumstance for sure the the opening like video was oh, amazing. Super um, hype. More of that. Like, yes. that was awesome. Maybe even, and, like, with the video, I'd like to see, like, somehow the players are incorporated into that right, video. That's, that's what I was getting ready to say. Like, have their, their their faces, their names, something. Yeah, and um, like you said, with the player cards, we had talked about that earlier. Um, I would have mm-hmm. liked to have at least seen, like, you know, when they come up and they pull their card to be on their quiz team, um, I would have mm-hmm. liked to have seen, like, maybe... Yeah, kind of like a resume, I guess, if that makes sense. Like what they won, yeah. how they qualified. Um, mm-hmm. You know, maybe what their favorite Final Fantasy was. I think you had said that. Um, exactly. You know, just small stuff, even stuff that doesn't pertain to the card game itself, just to get to know the players better. Like I'm familiar with the American players, and I'm pretty mm-hmm. familiar with the European players to an extent. Um, I'm not super familiar with a lot of the Japanese and um, you know Asian players. Yeah. But you know, I would like to be, <laughs> and I'd like oh, to absolutely. like you know, know more about them in general, or at least Absolutely. like how to say their name the right way. Cause I don't like mispronouncing people's names, you know, oh, dude, it's the worst, isn't it? And I, I think that could have been something. Um, and cause you know, a lot of what we're going to be talking about are, you know, yes, we're well-informed about the game and a big part of the community, but we're also, we're also part of the audience like everybody else. And a lot of what we're saying is definitely going to be from the perspective of the Twitch audience or just whatever viewership platform that you decide to use. Um, I, I think, you know, the thing on Friday was awesome. and But, you know, it was short. And I think they could have really rounded out the day with a lot of, you know, player interviews, you know, just kind of giving a, you know, kind of like how they do, like if you're watching football on Sunday or if you're watching a, a magic tournament where, 
you know, they kind of give, they, 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 you know, you get the commentators to do, you know, let, let's speculate, let's, pr you know, project. Who do you like this weekend? Who do you think, you know, start talking about people's credentials, how they got there, you know, kind of go through some, maybe some, you know, again, make a day out of it. I don't, I don't need them to be sitting at a computer for, you know, eight hours a day, but I, I think if they really want to have something on Friday, they really got to fill out the day. Yeah. I, I even think streaming the quiz would have been entertaining. Sure, uh, absolutely. I think that would have been fun. Yeah, you'd have some in, like interaction with the Twitch chat because obviously they want to answer the questions too. Mm -hmm. uh, you get a good look more at the players because they're the ones answering the questions. Yeah, and they're having a good time. It's a very candid, very natural kind of atmosphere. So, like, while while I'm not saying that you would have gotten like everybody would have watched it, I think a fair amount of people would have watched the quiz segment. Yeah, because it's one of those things that like it came on. You oh, oh wow, this is on. I better turn it on, and it was over before you knew it. You yeah. Know? But again, um, I, 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 it, it, these are all steps in the right direction, and that makes me super, super happy to see because the, the, the game is going through. The, these are like the, the noticeable growing pains, right? You know, you're, you're getting taller. Your feet are getting bigger. Your shoes aren't fitting right anymore. You're starting to think about girls. You're, you know, you're growing up. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think it's all steps in the right direction. But opening ceremony was cool. I want to see more of that. Now, we, now we're getting into Saturday. This is Swiss. So for those... You know, I'm sure everybody's familiar, but those who aren't, the format for Worlds this year, and just like last year, it was a three-deck format, meaning each player had to bring three decks, and there couldn't be any overlap. It was had to be unified. So what I'm saying is if you had Shantoto, and if you had three Shantotos in one deck, you couldn't have any in the other ones, but you could do one in each deck if that... Yeah, and I've, I've, yeah, a few people did that in a few of their decks with some cards, um, and we'll talk about that. I noticed one. that. Yeah, I noticed that too. Yeah, and it was even that know. case in the top eight, I believe. Um, there was mm -hmm. a couple like that, but yeah, I mean, it this, was. And it was listening to what one of the things that Jamie said was actually it was it was funny, but it was like, oh no, that's the yeah. worst because of him having a similar card in each deck. Yeah, and that goes into the decision making, uh, and that's why like we covered mm -hmm. this on like the last podcast, I think. <laughs> uh, but like a, a lot of things go into like your decisions for these decks, and it even makes you approach the matches differently. Like because you have oh, to absolutely. you have to queue up a deck, um, mm -hmm. and yeah, and even deck building is much much different. Like best of three, like while you're gonna see like the same meta style decks, like the decisions behind the decks and even specific cards in the deck are gonna mm -hmm. be different as opposed to say a two deck format or a best of one one deck format. You know. Yep. So absolutely, and uh, of course there were five rounds of Swiss going into a top eight cut. Um, overall, I think Swiss was good. Uh, we had, not only was, uh, Joe, the master of ceremonies this past weekend, he was also, uh, him and, uh, Joshua Freeman Birch, JFB were in the commentary booth. Um, and I'm gonna go ahead and say it too. Those guys have fantastic chemistry. Um, they bring a wealth of knowledge. I mean, cause JFB is JFB. We, we that's a household name. Yeah. Um, both of them are great. And, um, I didn't mean to like steal your thunder or anything, but oh no, go ahead, man, go ahead, because I I think we're both in agreement on this, man. They were great. Yeah, I mean JFB is probably the best player that didn't qualify for Worlds, in my opinion, and that's not okay. a knock on anyone. That's just I think that's how great of a player he is. And oh, it's a tail of the tape for sure. I mean, you could tell he was probably going to be a great commentator when if you read like any of his blog stuff. I mean, like mm -hmm. it's it's pretty accessible for players of all like uh, skill levels. I guess mm -hmm. is the word I'm looking for. Yeah, um, he just does a really, really good job of breaking down certain cards and card choices and decision making, and like all that stuff goes into commentary. You have to be able to do all this stuff on the fly, and mm -hmm. I think he did a great job. And then Joe obviously does a great job, like kind of kicking off him. And Joe's also very knowledgeable of the game too. Yep. Um, so the, yeah, there was a lot of chemistry there, like back and forth, which is great, like for mm -hmm. just no awkward silences and things like that. 
Absolutely. The, the only thing that was awkward throughout the day is we, you know, we still had a lot of downtime. Um, now, I know some of that was mitigated on certain rounds. Like, I know we got to see Tim and RB go at uh, have a have a match on stream, which was really fun to watch. But, you know, th there were those long dead times of like an hour, an hour plus. And, you know, these rounds were 90 minutes long. Yes, yeah, some were 30, and, but some took what felt like almost the entire time. And then we'd be left with a lull. Yeah, and that you know we don't want to beat that dead horse. That's that's kind of been a tale of the streams for the season. There's just been a lot of downtime, and they but they are coming up with ways to mitigate that some. Especially if you look back at the beginning of the season to now. Yeah, and I'll I'll say this: there was a few times where they did shift to other matches after a match had ended. I yeah. it didn't seem like they were using like a dual setup. Maybe like that the players were kind of like, "Hey, we need more stuff on the stream. Can you pick up your?" board mm -hmm. state and kind of bring it over here kind of thing yeah um, i agree because it wasn't like super instantaneous and that's what kind of makes me believe that way mm -hmm. uh other than that like just that they did that was awesome uh but there was a quite a bit of downtime i think some downtime was a bit misleading because they didn't really seem to warn about like lunch breaks like hey and mm -hmm. ha this happened on saturday and sunday like hey uh you know, we're going to be gone for like an hour and a half because they're going to eat their lunch and then we're going to come back. It was kind of mm -hmm. just like break screen. Here's music and some did you know facts that we're going to just keep looping. Yep. Um, and I'd like to see more of those slides. Actually, I think that's a great idea mm -hmm. to have those. But they're if you're watching for most of the time, like it's going to get really, really repetitive. Yep. Maybe even show like some past results or something. Well, I think that or maybe even flashing slides with deck archetypes on them. Like yeah. have like a stock wind earth list or something and be like, boom, here's a and make it be like, say it's the wind earth list from, I don't know. We'll, we'll say it's Sam Prime's wind earth list from such and such tournament. You know, yeah. that way they have something that they can look at. So that way, if you're a newer player. Or if you're interested in the game, you can say, oh, cool, here's a deck list. I can get started with that. You know, something, just something to kind of break the monotony. No, that's a great idea. Um, and me even, like, have a timer uh, that says, mm -hmm. like, when you're going to come back. And even if you don't abide by that timer, uh, mm -hmm. make sure when that timer ends, someone's face is on stream. And it's like, hey, 15 more minutes or something like that. Just yeah, so that the people kind of understand, like... How What's much? Going? Yeah, and how much longer am I going to wait before I actually get to see stuff? Because you you can also that that gives the opportunity for other people to get up and get food that are watching. Exactly. Um, because if you're like me, I'm glued to the thing. Like even if it's in the background and I'm doing something else, like I'm glued to my computer because I want to see when it goes back live because I want to watch the matches. Exactly. Exactly. But um, you know, again, growing pains. I it, it's gotten way better, and I think it will do nothing but get better going into the next season. Um, but man. Let's kind of break down the matches, dude. You know what we saw, man. We saw some monster, monster matches. Um, I will say this: um, Jamie Faulkner played his ass off uh, on Saturday. Went undefeated in Swiss. Um, just, just, just was re really having to, you know, just again, no, no slouches in the room, and to go undefeated in a, you, you're like to be the biggest killer in the room full of killers during Swiss is just like. Like, that's not easy. It's no. not easy. Um, and I'll say this, man. I think the best match I saw all week, maybe even all weekend, was the Shota versus Okimoto match. I think that was what, round three. Round, uh, it was round three. It was round three because I think they were both one and one going into it. And, yeah, I agree with you. Like, for me, that was the best match. And I'm talking about game – this was game three of that set. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. That was the best match of the entire weekend. I've never been mm -hmm. on the edge of my seat. For a card game at all, actually, that mm -hmm. hard. 
I mean, I've watched, I'm not like super into magic, but I watch magic streams and mm-hmm. that, you know, I'm sure that has something to do with it. Cause it's not like they don't have hype matches. I um, mean, oh, yeah. the old card games we used to play like streams didn't exist back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like for watching my, for the short time that I've been watching streams for this game and even hosting our streams, mm-hmm. I've never seen a match that had me so far on the edge of my seat as that match. <laughs> And and everybody in the room, I was on the edge of my seat. Steven was, Curtis was, Colin was, Ron was. We were all just hype as shit watching that match because, you know, there, we'll talk about the one turn in particular where we were all just like, oh, my God, this is over. When he drops like 15 or 18 CP worth of dudes, just just he ran the value train. It was like Vata, Bartz, and that, he played something else. And just I think he threw pain down there, too. I don't remember. But, geez, it was just like, oh, my God. Yeah, it was. Game's over. Yeah, he went from like zero forwards to four forwards. I think, um, if I remember the number correctly, he spent mm-hmm. 18, 18 CP that turn. I mean, yeah. obviously he's win, so he's reactivating stuff. But eighteen CP was spent. Uh, Okimoto had like one forward on the board, and he's ice. And typically, yeah. if you swarm ice like that, like mm-hmm. they're not gonna win. And this kind of alludes back to what I said earlier about the caliber of play and players clawing back. Mm-hmm. I thought that match was over as soon as yep. that happened. I was like. This is done. I don't see how Oki's deck comes back from this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he like played out his mind. He clawed back. Both players are playing amazing. Like this, it wasn't like people were making mistakes in this match. Mm-hmm. Um, and, dude, how many turns did we sit there and wait? Like we were like, oh my god, if Oki just top decks another copy of Luck for the Mirage dive, this game is over. Because no, no matter what, Wind did not have an answer for Luck coming over the goal line, right? Yeah, like uh, we were saying that. Uh, I've joked, I joked about this too. Like. Like literally, if he draws the lock, you're basically like he's just handing it off to lock, and lock's jumping over the goal line like Walter Payton, right? Like it's it's the, For the six, game's baby. Over. He's in. Yeah, that's guaranteed. That's Mike Allstop from the one yard line. Like you're not Damn right. You're not stopping yeah. that. Um, exactly. And it, it's been a while since we've seen that. And I think that also led the hype. Like lock was a very powerful card in Opus Four, and then it kind of kind of fell off, even though Ice was still strong. And we saw a pretty good amount of lock. Uh, Mm-hmm. Which I don't remember if there's any in the top eight, but we'll get to that. Oh, one. oh there is. There most certainly is. Believe um, me. And I, mean, I know. Mirage Dive is very strong. I mean, it's, you know. And oh, yeah. I was just waiting on it, too. I was like, oh, if he draws his last copy of Luck, like, this is over. And it, they were getting pretty close to, like, decking. Mm-hmm. And we were even talking about other cards that we did, because we didn't know the list, and they ended up not being in the list. But just other outs that he had. And I was like, man, Oki has to have, like, so many outs in his deck. And then it just seemed like it was like that for about four or five turns, I guess. Yeah, and then, then once he committed the lock to a party attack, I was like, ooh, this game's well, over. Well, yeah, he had to kind of pull the trigger at some point, and, yeah. you know, it was but it was still. a really well-played game on both sides, and, like I said, probably the best Final Fantasy TCG game I've ever seen. Oh, absolutely. Hands down. Hands down. It was just fantastic. Um, I'm trying to think of what... I, oh, another great moment in Swiss was when they switched over, and this, this might have been one of my favorites, and this, this was, um, I don't know, like, this was... I felt like this was, if Hunter didn't win this game, I don't think he makes top eight. Um, he's in game three apparently, like, and just like you've seen, for those who have seen his Facebook post, apparently he was like on the ropes, and then he just gets Dottaluma and Terra out, and it's like Rambo coming out of the swamp. He just machine guns everything down with Dottaluma, and just proceeds to win that game, like playing out of his mind, you know, and. It's weird to think about because you know, we have the chance to play against Hunter a, a lot because mm-hmm. he's local in our uh, relatively local in our area, and you know he's ranched us in tournaments. We've ranched him in tournaments, but to see him play on this level, just just 
going toe to he went X and one against the world's best man, and he just just great great weekend for him, and just that moment where he just machine gunned down the board was like holy shit, you know America America's here, dude. Yeah, and I mean I want to that's that's the reason I want to see more streams and like the dual setup mm-hmm. for the game like. We wouldn't have got to see that if if we didn't have like kind of a double feature per se. Yeah, and, no, I agree. I and agree. like moments like that, at least for me as a competitive player, like that's mm-hmm. what, like that's what I want to watch. So. Just to th- and and with that being said, think about how many of those moments we may have missed. Oh sure, yeah. I mean, to be fair, you can't ever see everything. Sure, um, sure. That's just not possible. But um, just seeing stuff like that was great, and it, and it just reaffirms of how good the game is, in my opinion, for me. So. Absolutely. So then, then we had uh, so after five rounds of Swiss, we had our top eight. Um, Adam, do you have do you have that list up in front of you? The fr- one through seeds one through eight going through going to top eight. Uh, no, but I could pull it up. That's I've got it right here. Uh, so number one seed going into top eight was uh, Jamie Faulkner, who was undefeated. Um, number two was it's a lot of order. Uh, Taki uh, Haragi. Mm-hmm. Um, he was excellent. Everybody is X and one until we get to number eight, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, number three was the ranch master himself, Hunter Man, uh, Hunter Nance. Uh, number four is uh, Josh Go. Uh, number five is uh, Luis Barden Burnett. Uh, number six was Alex Hancox. Number seven was um, David uh, da- uh, Jason Z. Yeah. Uh, you said uh, Grand Jason Gaming, I believe, is yeah. He has a YouTube channel. People know him. Is that yep? Uh, and number eight, who was the only X two that made it in, was the defending world champion uh, Toby Henriette. Yep. So, you know, and the fact that you know he did get a first round bye. Yep. So, and then and I think I think it was perfect tiebreakers for that, and I think that was the big th- reason why he was the X two that got in, which I I have no issue with, by the way. Oh, not at all. He earned it. Yeah, he definitely earned. It. I mean, you you win worlds and you get an auto invite and a first round bye. I think that's pretty fair. Yep. So. Yep, absolutely. And also, he showed that you know because I don't think people, at least over here, saw his name really pop up in any events, and didn't matter. He's still a hell of a player. Oh that, yeah. That, yeah. He's 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 a world champion for a reason. Um, so that, you know, that was Sunday leading into top eight. And, you know, once again, you know, it's super early for us. We're up at like 5am watching this thing, but you know, we kicked things off with Jamie Faulkner, who just, just was just obliterating people yesterday against the defending world champion. So either my man's going to defend the strap or, you know, there's, there's going to be a new sheriff in town. And, um, it was actually a really fun match to watch. Um, uh, Jamie again, still playing out of his mind. You know, had an excellent match against Toby and was able to take it. Um, just you know, just real smart play across the board. Toby's decks were very interesting, which we'll get to when we break down the decks. Um, and it was a lot of fun to watch. Adam, I don't know if you had any takeaways from that match in particular. Um, not anything super important, I guess. Uh, there was the first game where he Toby obviously didn't have a good hand. He had to go turn one Zemus. Yep. And um, he kind of pumped the brakes a little bit. Uh when he decided to kind of slow the game down and play backups when he was ahead. Mm-hmm. And I think he probably should have just put his foot on his throat. Yep. Uh, because that ended up kind of coming back, and then Orphan came down, and his Emus was never able to be used again. Yep. And then eventually died, and and then kind of Jamie just did what he'd been doing the whole weekend, which was kind of take the game over and kind of steamroll. Absolutely. Um, but again, like, that's just a small decision-making thing, and I understand, like, you don't... You don't want to play that game, right? Like yep. the the best players, I think, 
don't want to play games like that where like if they get punished they just lose kind of thing and i mean but he had kind of already committed to that in in my opinion and me as a player if i'm already committed to that game plan i probably would just keep going but he's a world he's a world champion he knows what he's doing Mm -hmm. uh even if he did the lines that i thought he might have still lost who knows yeah, no, um, for sure. So you know, I'm, I'm just, I, I'm like, like I think you said, I, I'm just armchair quarterbacking. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's no knock on him at all. Uh, it's just a, a line that I saw that would I, I think have changed the course of the game. But you know, yep. he made, he decided to go slow, and I felt like Jamie punched him for it. So yep. And then uh, game two was a lot more of the same because we, um, we had, we saw Donaluma with all of his, uh, had all his prickly friends out, and that, that's a really, really hard thing to get over. You know. Two was bad enough, but I think he eventually like um, just you know windmill slammed the third one, and that was a wrap. Uh, yeah, you never need the third one. <laughs> like yeah, the third you make a statement with the third one. Yeah, it was it was pretty hard. Toby got off to a pretty good start. Was able to ramp really fast to five backups, and his earth yeah. list, uh, like you said, was pretty interesting. We'll, we'll talk about that later. Mm-hmm. Um, but like Jamie just kind of played it slow and developed all the stuff that Earth Wind wants to see, and as soon as he had his board ready. Mm-hmm. you weren't you weren't gonna stop that not in earth earth just had not didn't have the cards to deal with what he was putting out basically yeah agreed and then uh so then going to top four we the match we had on stream uh hunter's journey unfortunately ended in top eight because he lost to uh alex hancocks who went on to play in the top four stream um apparently it was a it was a clean 2-0 like uh hunter maybe just stumbled a little bit in the beginning due to some bad draws and then he uh Alex just saw all of the answers game two. Apparently it was a mono water for Soya mirror. Yeah. Hunter, Hunter got ranged from what I understand pretty, pretty hard. And I mean, everybody does, you know, we've all been there. Uh, We had in fact. Yeah. From what I gather, like the second match, it was pretty fast because I was still watching while watching kind of RB's play by play. I think game one was still going on stream while their match was over. Yep. It was. Um, So, yeah, I mean, obviously, he didn't really see the cards he needed to see, and I think he in the second game, I think he had mentioned that he kind of got blown out when he Halakarnastis a board of two Vikings. Oof. Um, so Hunter wasn't able to draw, and I think even if you go back and watch the stream, Alex mentions that on stream. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty brutal. And then uh, so then we get to top four, and it's uh, Haragi versus uh, Alex, and I think uh, Haragi had some very interesting decks. He he led off with Gold Wings and. You know, he, he he had a really hard board to deal with, but you know, you know, he hit two cognazos on damage. But once Alex got the third one and was able to play it on a board, you know, he kept getting those knights. Man, those nine k knights were just a lot to get over, um, and uh, were able to apply a, apply a lot of pressure. And then you know, he was just able to hit the cognazo, and then it, really that was a wrap after that. Yeah, uh, yeah, like you said, he had he had kind of like the full Monty, so to speak. Like he had all the goal wings out, which is. Uh, a pretty uninteractive board. You can't really mess with that. Yeah, you so, have to beat them the old-fashioned way. Yeah, and you know, once the two Cognazos hit damage, it was I knew it was going to be pretty hard. But he was able to kind of save until he got there. And mm-hmm. as soon as I saw the first the Cognazo come down, the last one that he had, and the Scholar yep. resolved, I was like, "Oh, this game's over." <laughs> yep. He, yep. Once that Scholar resolved, it was over. Yeah. But um, then game two, uh, uh, Haragi was on turbo. Um, so we're gonna I'm gonna preface that with this. We saw. W- a lot of the decks we saw and the decks we're going to go over were pretty much what we expected them to be. A lot of mono water, a lot of wind water, a lot of wind earth. Um, we saw some mono fire in there, a lot of tempo ice, um, a lot wind. of mono wind. 
uh, mono lightning. So we saw a lot of what we considered the usual suspects. One thing we did not see a lot of or at all on stream until this moment was Turbo Ice. Yeah, like there we hadn't seen Turbo. It was kind of weird because, you know, the bands don't take effect until next Saturday. Yep. Um, so I thought like most people were just going to bring it, but that didn't really happen. Um, I know yeah. speaking for myself, if I had qualified, I would have brought the deck hundred percent. Sure. Uh, but it seemed like it wasn't really the popular opinion and maybe thought, maybe people thought because of the three deck format, it would be too easy to target it. I'm not sure, mm-hmm. uh, what the thought process was. Uh, you might have to ask somebody that was actually there, mm-hmm. uh, but this was the first time on stream that we saw it and, um, mm-hmm. I mean, his was a little strange, and I guess we'll get deeper into his deck list, uh, but it was still turbo at core, you know. Absolutely, and this match had a lot of haymaker plays, man. Like, in the like the the, the kind of the final couple sequences where it was like, you know, he, you know, he he had to play through all these Dotalumas with turbo. Which once Dotaluma gets you know gets down with the cactars and stuff, it's hard. It is really really hard. But he was able to power through that stuff, and then he. You know, he drops a Sid Allstain, taking out what, you know, I believe was either the second or the third Dottaluma. I mean, just right off the top rope. Super, super clean sequencing and play. And you were like, oh man, this is it. This is over. He can't, he can't, he can't stop this. But the top decks in this game, I know you there was one in particular that you mentioned where it was like, oh man, that's a that's a Gaudis and a Chaos. He that, yeah. that turn he loses there is big. Yeah, Alex drew double dark cards. Um, and I thought at that point the game was over because if you draw dead one turn against uh, Turbo, uh, usually you just lose. Um, yep. But, I mean, both players have played extremely smart. Um, mm-hmm. And they were kind of able to both... Both of them kind of went back and forth. Like, they were swinging board states that you look like one was pretty heavily an advantage. And mm-hmm. then, like, a couple turns later, the other player would be an advantage. And then Alex right. did and get some, some the... key Diabolo's top decks for sure yeah. as well. Dude, man. Well, I want to say the first bi- the first big play where Alex was back in the game was when he drew the the vanilla the uh, Opus One vanilla, and just w- I mean, you watch it. As soon as he he it's his turn, he windmill slams that thing on the table. Yep. So that keep that card was the MVP of the match. That that was just it just provided a, a roadblock for a lot of things, and it could even take the hits from the big bodies and not die. Um, another thing was every time he got hit with a Sid Allstain, he he, he top-decked the Diabolos, and thankfully, you know, he took the hits. He sat on six damage for almost the entire game and, you know, built backups, and, boy, that Diabolos, that last one after he, after the Sid Allstain from the top rope, he would, the that thing just brought the check over and said, I'll, I'll, I'll take care of this whenever you're ready, and that, and that was a wrap. Yeah, the game almost went to deck. Like, it went pretty, pretty yeah. long, um, and I think... Um... Haragi kind of pitched all his Renoas, which I think ended up kind of biting him a little bit. Yeah, Renoa, a Renoa, a Shiva, or even if he saw Snow or yeah. even Sarah would have been a huge. And and we were, we'll talk about his card choices because he had a lot of outs still. He just didn't see them. Yeah, or he, yeah, and there were a few that were on the bottom of the deck too. But yeah, absolutely. And then um, so then we're we're back to our finals. We have Jamie Faulkner you know, again playing like a man possessed all weekend against Alex Hancock, who his only loss was his first round of Swiss. Yep. So he really, you know, he righted the ship and just didn't look back. So finals we had, we opened, and I, I couldn't think of, and I'm going to say, I'm, I guess I'll preface finals with this. I don't think we could have seen a better match from, what am I trying to say? 
I think we had the two hands down the two best players in the room sitting at that table for finals. Yeah, they were they're both both really really good players, both, you know, known mm-hmm. they they've won several events. Yeah, um, consistent and the consistency is key in this game and yeah. they both proved it and I I think we couldn't have asked for a better two. I mean, I would have liked to have seen two players from North America sitting there, but I'll settle for what we got because I you know, what I, I would love to see them play more sets because I think you can just learn a lot by watching those two guys play. Um, we had a real grinder of an earth-wind uh, mirror. Um, just a lot of back and forth, a lot of... And I know you have a lot more experience with that deck. The mirror of that is a lot different. I'll let you kind of explain how, how that mirror is different than like anything else in the game. Yeah, I mean, I've played it a pretty fair amount. I mean, it was my Nats deck different mm-hmm. slightly different than you know obviously the list that they played and they have access to opus seven cards but not that there was that many of them there mm-hmm. um i mean it's a deck that's oppressive and it usually has a pretty straightforward game plan right i mean a lot of times you're either gonna win with like zidane and wool or you're gonna win with dotaluma and cactuar and that's how you're gonna kill your opponent mm-hmm. uh, and then it just becomes like this slow burn i mean i know there were a few times over the weekend where you were watching Earthwind and He'd be like, this game's over. And I'd be like, yeah, it's over, but it's going to take a while, you know? Yep. Um, and it's, it's one of those style decks, and that's why I think me and Curtis played it a, a lot. And so when we tested, there was a lot of mirror match testing. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely a match that doesn't really play like a lot of the other matches you play because there's cards that are more important in the mirror. Uh, Dottaluma Cactar is great and all, but like a lot of your forwards and opposing forwards in that mirror match are harder to deal with through that. Like, you can't kill Yastolo that way. You're not killing Zidane that way. So you need mm-hmm. answers to these cards, and there's cards that you can put in your deck that will kind of give you the edge in the mirror. Um, and I actually felt like Jamie had better cards for the mirror. They were just kind of mm-hmm. expensive, and he wasn't able to really cast them. Um, mm-hmm. And, I mean, the early cam was a big deal for um Got a huge, huge deal. So, I mean, there's... Like I said, there, there's a lot of things to that matchup, and it's very hard to play. It is very grindy. You'll see mm-hmm. it, it's going to be very long usually unless one person just has an aggressive hand and has to just go or they're mm-hmm. going to lose. Um, when you watch that matchup for a long time, Mog11 just does some very like dirty and retarded things. Like It's just mm-hmm. that card is out of control. When you get in this loop where you're just minoring and searching your deck for whatever card you want, Yep. Um, you're both going to have the answers in those situations. So you're going to have these back and forth swings uh, yep, because absolutely. of that card. So Absolutely. And, you know, the game one, it was, it was a real close one. Um, it really just came down. Like it looked like it was going to deck out, but um, thankfully, um, you know, Alex, you know, just got this, he saw some more forwards there at the end and, you know, Jamie drew his, you know, the last hand that he was playing had no forwards in it. And that was a wrap. Like, I think that, that game could have, easily gone down to the last card in the deck for sure oh yeah it was pretty close i think oh it was and then game two game two was very very fast um there was there, there was some really mean stuff happening and just like he alex just hit a point in the game where he, he just never looked back and it did look like to be fair to jamie it did look like his deck kind of stumbled a little bit yeah he obviously didn't have a very good opening hand uh he had to play yeah. back up you know which is nice that's a great turn one mm-hmm. uh but then he had to I think play a pain like the the one that's you know usually play for free but he didn't he didn't have the riku yet or i think it might have been the opposite i don't remember but he drew. I remember him that. getting the riku yeah. after he drew the card off of pain yeah exactly and that doesn't feel very good 
Um, and I think he might even had to search for his unit, if I remember correctly, off the other pane. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, he obviously didn't have a very good hand. And Alex mm-hmm. just kind of took damage early to set up because he realized that Jamie was having trouble setting up. And yep. he used his life as a resource early, took like the first two, like two or three points of damage. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden Alex is on five backups and making him discard his entire hand. And, yep. you know, it kind of went from there. Yeah, it, it turned into a, uh, it, 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 the game ended pretty quickly. It got to a certain point where the game was just over. And, um, you know, so Alex went ahead and took it two games to nothing. And, you know, to be our 2018 world champion, but just overall, like just an amazing weekend of cards. And what we want to do now is kind of break down, you know, because we got to see the top eight decks Saturday night. And again, how I, how I said earlier, how a lot of them were pretty safe. Mm-hmm. So let's kind of talk about what we saw. And before we break them down individually, Adam, let's talk about your initial impressions. Um, obviously, Wind Earth was a huge player this weekend. Yeah, um, I definitely didn't think it was going to be... Like, I knew it was going to be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I didn't think it was going to be there as much as it was. Because I, I thought... Mm-hmm. There, I definitely thought more people were going to bring Turbo. And I thought which people is- were going to lean more toward Mono Wind. Which kind of... Then it's hard for you to run Mono Wind and Wind Earth. Mm-hmm. Um, but Wind Earth did work. I think if I had to pick, like, what deck affected this event more than any other deck, I'd probably say Wind Earth. Mm-hmm. No, I can definitely see that. Um, now, as far as, you know, what we saw over the weekend, and I guess how do we want to do this? Do we want to break down the decks first or talk about, you know, Opus 7 in general at this event? Because obviously this was the first the first official, officially sanctioned Square Opus 7 event and could potentially be the only one depending on the dates of things. Right. Uh, and I, I had a list of all the cards, um, but we were when we recorded the first time, my computer crashed. We can talk about, like, the big five. Oh, right, yeah. Um, well, the, really, let, let's just say there was a package and then another card, to be honest. Yes. like So Yuri was the most played Opus 7 card by a lot. Yeah. I, I think there was a 18 to 20 copies, somewhere in there, mm-hmm. of that card across the decks. And this is just in top eight. Yep. Um, that That's a lot. The next closest one was his Searcher. Yep. At, uh, I think, I believe, like, 12-ish. Mm-hmm. And then right behind that was Noctis. Um, yep. I think he had 11. He had one less than the Searcher, and I think after that it was Trelinka. Yeah, yeah, and I didn't really see a lot of, like, n- decks that were catered to Noctis. It was mostly just, like, Noctis mm-hmm. being shoved into an Earth deck or Noctis and Earthwind kind of thing. Yeah, because the big thing with the Earthwind, a lot of them were using that because you can play the whole game using Dottaluma Cactar, and then if they start to pressure you, you drop Noctis, and all of a sudden you've got Noctis where you can pop your Cactars and put yourself at five, six points of damage. Noctis becomes extremely dangerous the longer he's out. Like, you know, I, I was actually having this conversation earlier today. Noctis may have dethroned Saban as my favorite card in the game because he is just so dangerous at all points in the game. But as like the late, the game gets later and you, if you hit knock, if you have knocked this and you get to six points of damage, Oh man, like I, I, you better have an answer or you're losing your board. Yeah. It's party time, right? Basically it's party time. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, he's a great card. Uh, and then, yeah, to round out the top five was just the other, there was Chalinka and the, uh, I'll the tree. We just call Mm -hmm. him the tree. 
Yeah, um, so the Yuri package and Noctis were the most impactful yeah, Opus I, 7 cards. I, I think after that, there was just a few other scattered things. Like, Vada was obviously popular because um, Wind Earth... Or not Wind Earth, yeah. but Mono Wind was a thing. Yeah, um, Sid Previa you saw in most of the Mono Lightning decks. Yeah, Sid Previa, I think, was in just about every Mono Lightning deck. Yep, um, I think it has a full three of, mind you. Yeah, a lot of times when he was run, he was a three of. And that was uh, definitely a thing that I said... I thought I would only run him as a one, but the more that I've played against it, uh, even locally, and the more that I've seen it, I think yep. that card's 100% a three of. It, it's yeah, just, card's great. What it does is insane, and once you see it go off like a few games in a row and you realize how consistent it is, that card's amazing. Uh, yep. an- another card that we saw a lot of was Galdus. Yep. Um, that card's extremely good also. Mm-hmm. Um, we did see a lot of Halicarnassus as well. If, yeah. they, if, they were on, if they had a water deck, Halicarnassus was in the deck in yeah. some yeah. numbers. Usually as a one of. Uh, the one that surprised me the most as far as, like, count I, that I remember before I lost mm-hmm. my, my stuff was Opus 7 Ramu. Uh, yep. I think that there was, like, eight copies of that card across the decks. Yep. Um, and uh, another thing that made me happy was, speaking of lightning cards, uh, a lot of the mono lightning decks were running the Opus 7 Ramza. Yeah, I think there were three copies of him, if I remember correctly. And this is yep. just top eight, mind you, so... Um, yeah, so it could be more across, you know, the scope of the rest of the. Because another thing too, because you can take some of that into account, because Okimoto and Jamie Fogner, I think we're running exact same decks. I know or, they had the same lineup. I don't know if it was card for card, but it was very similar. Um, yep, absolutely. I, I'll say this, like before we go into the decks themselves, mm-hmm. um, the card that not not from Opus Seven that I saw a pretty good amount of that kind of excited me was Leo. Uh, oh yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. He absolutely. Was, he was in a few card. He was in a few decks, um, and it's a card that I've like always liked, but I've struggled to find room for him or find the right deck for him, outside of just jamming him in something that's like three or four colors. Um, yep. But to play to his strengths, I saw a few decks that were actually playing to that card strengths, and that excites yep. me because it, it makes me want to play those decks. So. Yeah, I think that's a card that has nothing but upside. I know, you know, we had been a little harsh on him, like ah, he 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 didn't live well because he, he didn't live up to the hype, right? Like, let's be honest. Yeah, he didn't. and I, I think it was also like there were clear just decks that were really good, and now that Turbo's on its way out, it opens up deck building a lot again, which gives that card a lot of access to a lot of things. So. Yep, I agree. So what we'll do is let's go. I guess let's go ahead and start breaking them down. We'll. Uh, for those, um, the, we're going by the, the order of lists that are on the Final Fantasy TCG Europe uh, Europe page. So as you're listening to this, if you want to kind of follow along and look at them too, we're going to start with um, num- uh, the number seven seed going into top eight, and that was uh, Jason Z. Yep. So um, first we have the win list, correct? Yep, that's what I'm looking at, his uh, mono win deck. Yeah, um, and it looks like... No, go ahead. I was going to say, it's pretty standard. Um, yeah, very stock. Yeah, Yuri Chalinka, like if you're familiar with that list at this point, which, I mean, beginning of Opus 7, this is kind of the deck that the set tells you to play, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he's got a few interesting card choices, right? Uh, Legend Balthier is definitely one of them. Yeah, well, you, have, you have no idea how happy that makes me to see. Um, running Alexander and No Hope is, is a little interesting. He's probably worried about Cactuars and such there, I would assume. Oh, sure. Uh, yeah. No, no, which I run personally run in my mono win deck. I think it's amazing. White Mage, yep. which a lot of people um kind of took out of their decks actually. Like it was pretty popular at Nets. Uh, I saw mm-hmm. it in a lot of places. And then in these a lot of these more recent mono win lists and Earth win lists, like you don't see that card at all. And I yep. saw I think two or three people get blown out by it. Um, oh, absolutely. On stream, so it's still a very real card. It still will blow out like it, it blows recursion plays like out of the water. 
Yep, absolutely. Um, um, a card you saw a lot. Of, I, I know a card. I think every time I looked at the TV on stream was Archer. People were cavalried up. Yep. Like most people were like two, three archers on the board, and they weren't afraid. They weren't afraid to pop them to get something out of the way. Like well, they wouldn't even let the card. If there was a card that could potentially become a problem, they wouldn't even let it be a problem. They would just send it packing immediately. Yeah, Archer hits a lot of key backups now. Yep, and in these heavy activation win lists, I think Ball. And this is me personally. I think Balthier is a natural fit because he he does he does just what the tree does, right? Like you can do stuff, play Bart's, reactivate him, and then slam again. You know, he, he can definitely do some things. Granted, he's on a forward and not a backup, yeah. So he might not get as many activations, but he's also he has a very dangerous S ability on a on a on curve body. So that that's my that's my my take on ball fear being in the deck. I think he's a very good piece. Yeah, I think it, sometimes I, I struggle to find room for him. Like obviously he does fit the theme because he's pinging. Um mm -hmm. but the yeah, like the tree does it better cuz he's a backup though. Even though the tree does rely on other cards to become live. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you can do very disgusting things with no no with that backup when you have a board. So. Yeah, absolutely. And then obviously the summon package. I'm really glad to see decks and we you know this deck doesn't run any sort of oh it, it does run the uh opus three zidane which i which i call thought sees zidane because it pretty much works like a thought sees mm -hmm. um i like seeing that in conjunction with chaos walker of the wheel i'm really glad that's starting to see find a home in non-wind water decks yeah I, I actually when you run the walkers i like uh the other zidane better but i do prefer mm -hmm. uh opus three zidane in mono windless currently so yep I agree. I agree. So I think it's a good deck. It's a very familiar deck, and I think this is one we're going to see a lot of for a while. Oh, yeah. I think it's the strongest archetype probably to come out of the set right now. Um, and, I mean, you're seeing that here. It, Yuri was the most popular card for a reason, and this is the deck that literally focuses on what he does. So. Yep. I agree. I agree. And then uh, I guess now we're going to move on to Jason's um, Mono Lightning deck. Um Again, we're we're seeing a you know we're in familiar territory here. We've got you know the normal Al Cid package with your Onion Knights, your Gettias, uh, the Black Waltz being a little blast from the past there. Um, running a Gaudis in the deck. Um, we have your Amons, your Adeas. Um, let's see, we have a we have a Nidhog going on in here. That's yeah. that's um that's an interesting piece of tech there. Yeah, it's a little ballsy to me. Uh, I feel like in decks that don't have a lot of draw power, when like you mm -hmm. better you better win off of them. And I mean he. Yep. A very good card. He costs nine for a reason. Yep. Uh, but you also have cards like Astinian, right? And things that are yep. going to win you the game. Uh, he, yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay. I was, was going to say, he does have the Opus 7 Ramu as a one-of, and then Galdus as yep. well, which are cards yep. that we talked about. So. And he is running the... Yeah, I feel like if you're playing Mono Lightning now, Sid Previa is just a part of the deck. Yep. And uh, he's he was also running a one-of of the new XF. I'd be interested to hear if <laughs> how much he played that, because when I saw him on stream, I don't think he played it. Yep. Uh, and if he was able to steal anything that was like super relevant so yeah and uh and what's really great here is when we you know we mentioned sid previa look at look at the great targets he has like ideally you on turn one you want to probably drop you know red mage and maybe that scholar if you got it then turn two you pick something whatever for sid previa then you have can get lulu gromis clan gully uh king of bramicia now you have all of these cards that do something and you're getting it for free like lightning's ability to ramp so fast now and get rewarded for it is just insanely good right now. Yeah, and uh, not to mention like three of those cards are basically drawing you a card. And exactly. Then, and then also, um, worst case, like you obviously don't want to do this, but it, if you have to, you can play him with another two CP backup and still get to mm -hmm. four. 
Absolutely. And the fact that he can break himself, like, like if you lose your Lulu to like a Hecaton chair or something, you can always break the Sid Previa, ping something, play another one and get that Lulu right back. Now you have backup recursion, which is helpful too. Yep. Yeah, but other, yeah, other than that, I think it's pretty... I think this is going to be kind of the new standard for the most part. There's a yeah, few ob- obvious tech choices in here. That yeah, m- that might not you might not see the Galdus and the Nidhogg, but those are tech choices. Yeah, I mean, sure. I think Galdus has his place here if you run a different style of the list that we'll look at a little later. Sure. So, uh, I think right. next he had... Oh, this was like his really interesting list. This was probably the most different list of the entire top eight, I think. Like something that was kind of more yeah. out of the box-ish. Um, yeah, I agree. It's a, it's an earth water cryol list. Yep, and he he has he has like four colors here, not counting dark, obviously. I think, not not mm-hmm. much, but I mean, you know, there's a fire card, there's a lightning card, and then earth yep. the rest are earth water with Leo, like we talked about earlier. Yep, absolutely. And of course, we're looking at another one of Gaudis and Nidhog, but you know, he's running chaos in this one, so it's you know, it doesn't overlap with his other deck, and he can actually potentially play both of those out and be fine. Yeah, I mean, the, the list is super interesting. I think the one match I saw it on stream, uh, he blew some people out with Kryle and mm-hmm. Fe- and Phoenix. People, I think people forgot about like what Kryle did, kind of similar to what I was saying about White Mage. Um, yeah, absolutely. And wasn't thinking about like Phoenix into Kryle into AK your entire board. Um, yeah, um, so. he, he blew out a, he blew out a lot of people with Kryle. Yeah, and I mean, if Leo's down, like, you're not really worried about how you're paying for things. Uh, and you can even use her lightning ability if you want. And then just going wide, I mean, this is kind of similar to Shota's list that we saw in Swiss, too, right? That, like, Leo-style list with Ramza. Oh, the Ramza punch deck or whatever it's called. Yeah, because uh, there is Ramza's in this list as well, where you can just kind of go wide with Layla Viking. And, you know, if your opponent doesn't know the list, they're like, okay, I'm playing Earth Water, assuming that you've seen the Earth. And then they play Leo, and then they drop Ronzo for like three or two and then they're like, Oh, oh you're cool. in trouble. <laughs> yeah. You are in trouble. And then there's, uh, you know, obviously with cards like, um, minor, you can, and Minfilia, you have ways to get the Ramses back out of the graveyard. So you can use them again if they get blown up. You know what I mean? So, yep. Yeah. This deck is pretty sweet. Um, there's a few cards that are a little strange to me, but I, I, I think I kind of understand why I like the cryo I get. I mean, I guess like mm-hmm. you can still cast your summons for any element. That, that yep. Phoenix, even if you don't have Leo. But I'm not sure mm-hmm. if he quite needed it, but maybe, you know, he in testing, he felt like he needed it. Um, yeah, absolutely. Mass Woman, I saw blow a couple people out on stream, too. Oof. Yeah, that I, card's still real good. Yep. I mean, it kills Dottaluma when he's dull, right? It makes yep. you have to think about even attacking with Dottaluma. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Ramza's a beast if you can get him yep. out. Um, and then I'm still kind of weird about the Didhog here, but he does at least have card draw. Um, the, the Avelia is only buffing two targets, right? Unless I'm missing mm-hmm. something. Yeah, Rommel. It, it helps get Ramza over. That's the big thing. Yeah, but I feel like, you know, you're probably not playing Ramza until he's over, but I guess it lets you play him a little earlier. And yeah, it, and I, I think delete. I think the Opus 4 delete is a great card, especially if you're running uh, Layla Vikings. Oh, yeah, for sure. I always liked that card even before Layla came out, and then once, you know, I saw mm-hmm. it work in conjunction with Layla Viking, yeah, it's, it's an extremely good card. I think it's a card that people overlook a lot, too. Yeah, I agree. Um, and then moving on, we're going to look at uh, our number, our fifth seed going into top eight, uh, Louis, Bar- uh, Louis Barnett Burnett. Mm-hmm. Uh, Barden Burnett, pardon me. Um, and his first list we have up here is uh, Earthwind, uh, again, one of the major players this weekend. Um, he has some very uh, interesting choices in here, like um, uh, Opus, is that Opus 5 or Opus 6? That's Opus 5 Thief. Yeah, uh, so 
to me, this just at first glance, this looks like a JFB list. Um, <laughs> if you look at the first comment uh, on this particular deck, uh, JFB is actually tagged in it. Yeah, so I mean, um, not not necessarily every card choice, but this is definitely a list that I could see him playing. He's a big proponent of the Urian J Mill, probably yep. one of the best piles of the deck. And I can't stress oh, enough that if you do want to play that deck, you have to be very, 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 very good. And yes. he is probably the best, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, um, so if you want to play that deck, you should just go either watch him play it or mm -hmm. read his blog about it. Because I, I love the deck personally. And this is kind of like almost that, but not quite. This is really just Earthwind with Urion J and Phoenix in it. Um, yep. But it's got some neat things, right? Because obviously it's got the three count of Noctis, which is huge. Mm -hmm. Which um, I know something we've talked about we haven't really messed with, but he plays very well with the Earth Carbuncle Summon. And he makes a fantastic Phoenix target before uh, before damage. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Uh, playing Noctis at instant speed, you can do some pretty cool things. And he has the uh, the Opus 1 Tama to do that as well, yep. uh, which is something that I've been toying with in Fire Earth specifically with mm -hmm. Noctis. Yep. Um, and even, like, you can instant speed play a backup as well, which is pretty good. Um, Absolutely. And then, of course, obviously Noctis and Cactar are just... That, that again, as, as the game progresses, Noctis becomes extremely scary. But when you have access to something like Cactar or even a uh, uh, Dark Cecil, yeah, and then also like because he's running Urian J uh, and the multiple Noctis, having the 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 way to be able to get Cactars back after you break them. Um, I really yep. I really like the Ajito too. Um, lets yep. him cycle his Phoenixes back. He can pitch them early and then get them back later mm -hmm. if he needs to. I yep. actually like this list a lot. I don't know if it's better than like the stock Earth Wind list though, but I do like it. The only the only questions that I would the only things that I'd probably question. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if I like the thief that much. Mm -hmm. And two Gaudis seems like a lot to me. Yeah, same with the Echo. I'm not really a fan of that in this list, honestly. I I'd, I'd rather have something else, but I I get it. Yeah, like and and again, these card choices could become because of their other decks as well. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. So absolutely. And speaking of that, his third deck list, um, I remember we talked about we hadn't seen uh, the six package in a while. Well, guess what? Well, this is his second deck list, right? Second? Uh, this, sorry, his second deck list. Yeah, it's uh, uh, Tempo Ice. And like I said, it is back. Tempo Ice is back, and I get to play I get to play my favorite six characters again. Yeah, I, I, I will say I don't think it ever really went anywhere. <laughs> but it just Turbo, got overshadowed yeah, by Turbo. Turbo definitely overshadowed it. And but I will say that the tempo list, even as they started to evolve, were starting to cut the six package. So it is nice to see that it's back. Mm-hmm. And and you know what's wild with this list? I want you I want you to do me a quick favor. I want you to get in there and I want you to count how many summons you see. Uh three. Yep. There's just three glacias in this deck. Everything else is just forwards, flans, and backups. Yeah, I mean, so ice forwards, right? Have a ton of good ETBs usually. Oh, they, so you can they are your stuff. Yeah, you can use them a little bit like summons. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I agree with just having the three Glathia, but I think mm -hmm. in uh, in tempo, I think it is the best summon, honestly. Mm -hmm. um, no, I agree. If you play the right way, you don't really need to bluff or play Mateus, really. Um, mm -hmm. Shiva can win you games, but so does Orphan, right? Yep. Um, yeah, Orphan is your Shiva again. So, I mean, I, I can't say that I disagree with it, really. Um, mm -hmm. I, I, I kind of like it, actually, the more I look at it. So it lets you run a lot of like your more higher valued forwards like S three ofs. So mm -hmm. and play with you know some of the new strong cards like Ultimicio, which is here. Oh yeah, that card's great. Uh Laswell has been has proven to be a fantastic addition to the deck. Um 
this deck just kind of feels good, right? Um, it has it just it's good at all stages of the game. It can ramp up real quick. You get all the great utility out of you know your Terras, your uh, sorry, your uh, Setzers, your Celuses, and your Locks. Um, Genesis is turns out Genesis is still Genesis. Uh, is he running for uh, no, no, there's no Terra in there. I, I was I was looking at Celus and I said Terra. Okay, got you. Yeah. Um, and then you know, obviously Renoa for all the cheeky things you can do with Orphan with Ultimisha. Um, just a really solid deck across the board, and I think you know this is kind of a good stock like template for what you can expect to see. And there's actually a lot of this in top eight. Yeah, no, I I like I like this list specifically a lot actually. Mm-hmm. Um, my only complaint maybe would be I'd want a third Celis. Yeah, I, um, I agree with that. Other than that, but, I, but I, I guess if you're running if you're running Edwards, you know you're not really using Celis for Runic, I suppose. Yeah. Other other than that, I like it. Uh, I guess no Mog thirteen two right. That's a little weird, but other than yeah. that, I like it a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Again, this is kind of a flavor to taste thing. Um, and then uh, his last list is Wind Water. Mm-hmm. Um, Wind Water looks like YRP, so we're getting a lot of um, uh, a lot of these value wind cards. And we're using Bart's. We're using uh, again. This has Yuri Trilinka. This has that that package in there that we you know that has become quite familiar over the weekend. Uh, no searcher though. Does not run the searcher. Yeah, I, I would consider this more like a Yuri Windwater, but like sure. it, it, the YRP is there, but it's like that YRP light, right? Where you're just running the yep. free pain, you're running the summon reduction Yuna, and you're playing starter. Yeah, and starter Valifor, right? Yep. So yep, it's the it's the Diet Coke of YRP. Yeah, I mean, you look at this list; it's pretty solid. The only questionable thing is the 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 diablo the three cost one mm-hmm. but the only reason i think he's right did he run the big one anywhere else or no he did uh, nope. yeah he did he did uh, okay. yeah it was in the yeah. uh it was in the uh earth wind deck yeah, and it, that's, yeah that's 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 obviously there because he can't run that again yeah um, i agree so. and that's and i'm glad you mentioned it like that too because if you look at all of these decks you can look at these pieces like that's a good deck and you could easily like take pieces from one deck, put it in this one, take pieces from one, put it in this one. You know what I mean? Like you have the ability to kind of mix the, to, to take those three decks. If two of them were similar, you can put those pieces into one and make one really just ass beater of a deck. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I guess the, the one card I want to talk about, at least on this list is the Cecil, the new star oh, Cecil, man, that um, card is just a beater. Yeah, I mean, that came into play in the match that we talked about earlier with Okimoto. Yeah. Uh, he just couldn't get over that card. That's the card that kind of brick-walled him. Mm-hmm. Um, once you get on five damage, that guy's a 10K that can't be targeted by abilities. Uh, and against Ice, that is no bueno. No, big time. <laughs> uh, so, But yeah, I mean, this list is pretty stock. Three Porums is pretty interesting. Uh, other than that, I think everything else is yeah. great. Uh, obviously, like I said, the three Diabolos is because uh, he can't run the other one. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And then, um, so now we're going to move on to uh, uh, Taiki uh, Haragi, his three decks. He was the number two seed going into top eight, you know, uh, another uh, top four competitor. Yeah. Um, we'll he actually start finished with his... third. He won his top four. He, did he really? Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, uh, very deserving. He, he really had a great weekend. Um, and we're going to start with his mono water list. Um, very, very standard, very usual suspects kind of list. Um what is he running here? He's got, you know, the Summon Reduction Yuna, Opus 7, Leviathan, which we're seeing a lot of now in Mono Water. Uh, Bataron got a lot of play this weekend, too. Yeah. Well, Japan loves that card. Um, mm-hmm. I, I always think it's a good card, but it, at the end, when I start making my water decks, he's usually the first thing that gets cut. But mm-hmm. he also ran another Water Wind deck, which could have some, you know, 
things on why he sure. picked certain cards. Uh, I think yeah. that and the Steiner mm-hmm. are the two big outliers for me, and not that they're bad or anything, but those mm-hmm. are like the two cards that are obviously not in a lot of other stock lists. And it's not like Steiner. I see Steiner from time to time in, in lists like this. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's a good and he's a good card. And I, I think um, you know one thing we're, I know we talked about yesterday. Kind of, I, I think when you when you start to see Steiner come back into mono water decks, do we maybe start to see Beatrix pop back in? Maybe in some number, be it just a one of or a two of. Yeah, could definitely see that. Absolutely, well, and that like you said, that's the lead into the next deck. He had a, a wind water YRP. This, now this is YRP. This is just straight gold wings. This is this is. This is this is cherry coke. This has got all the extra sugar in it. Yeah, I mean this is Goings. Like this is what a Goings deck would be. Uh, yep. Again, like it's definitely a, a, a pretty strange deck. At least if you're coming from like our meta, I guess. And mm. I say our meta, I mean kind of like America in general. You don't really mm. see this version a lot. You usually see the Earthwind version. Yeah. Um, I mean, he must really like Batteron because there's the third copy there as a one of in this deck. Yep. Uh, you got like uh, another card that Japan loves that we don't see very much is Opus Five Leviathan. Yep. Um, I think Bismarck is a great card that seems to get cut a lot, but in here where you're, you're trying to like the only way to beat your fours is through battle. Like, why would you not play that card, right? Same thing with the uh, the Opus Five Diablos, where right. you know you're reducing something's power. I think that's great again uh, when you have got when you have the gold wings and. You know, like you said, the only way you can beat them is in combat, really, when they're all out. Yeah, and it's the or same. Area with, effect. Right, and it's the same with like that Asura, right? And I mean, the only yep. time I saw him lose on stream with this deck was to a cock, double Cognazo, so yep. it, it obviously and did it his job. The third one in the deck. Yeah, and I mean, from what I heard, like other players saying, like this deck was scary for them to face because they weren't really prepared for it. No, I can imagine. Because, so. like you said, it, it's a very uninteractive. When you when your board set up, especially if you had like those three and then Opus Six Zidane, Man, that that's hard. That's a really hard board to mess yeah. with. I mean, look at the forwards in the deck, right? You got mm-hmm. Riku Payne, who are going to become untargetable when you play them both. You got Yuna, who if both of them are out, she's untargetable. And then mm-hmm. like she also like cheats in one of the other ones. And yep. then you got Zidane, who's untargetable by abilities. And you got Yastola, who doesn't take damage from summons and abilities. Like yeah, they're all just all of them have built-in evasion, and they're just really hard to deal with. And then if you have an answer to deal with them, Yastola just takes it off the table pretty much. Yeah, I mean it's it's pretty cool. I mean, he even has Ico to search out the Zidane, uh, which is pretty exactly neat. So. just really really smart deck, and that's something I'd like to mess with. Um, and now his last deck. This was the one we mentioned. Uh, this was the only Turbo in top eight, and it was um it's a pretty standard list minus a couple things. Mm-hmm. Um, the 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 big ones being he's got three Yasail, two Snow, and two Sarah. Yeah, uh, yeah, the Yasail three Yasail seems like a lot to me. But I get mm-hmm. it. He's definitely trying to play like a slightly slow, slower game. He's on eleven sure. backups, I think, if I remember correctly. And Let's see. Most... Three, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Yeah, he's got yeah. the three Asail, the three uh, Kazuza, the three Jill, the rare Jill to stop Fasoya, and then two Snow, the Opus Seven Snow. Yeah, so that's a, a little bit more typically the most turbo list run. Not by much, mm-hmm. like two. Um, Absolutely. He, he's running full Monty of uh, the DGS, like three of each. Mm-hmm. Uh, every time I watched him play Sarah, I actually really liked it. Um, oh yeah, Sarah was actually a huge part of getting the deck over. Yeah, and it, it makes me like realize like why he played the snow, but he never got to get the snow down every time I saw him play. Yeah. Um. So, which I think might have just been once, but yeah, I mean, it it's definitely a slower version of the deck, but still pretty potent. Yeah. Turbo doing turbo things, right? Mm-hmm. 
pretty much a pretty self-explanatory. Um, and then I guess moving right along here, we're going right now. Now we're starting to start. Now we're starting to see the uh, the over, not not the overlap, but now we're starting to see where a lot of these archetypes are starting to mirror ones we've just seen, and it shows how safe this tournament actually was. Mm-hmm. Um, the number four seed was Josh Gah. We're going to start with his mono lightning list, which. Again, let's let's take a look here. He's got a lot of the stuff that we've already talked about. He's running to Sid Previa, which, you know, he might change off of that. Um, he is running three Opus 7 Ramu, one Opus 7 Ramza, the full play set of Yuri, and he's running New Garland. Yeah, so there's a couple other cards, too, that I'll just touch on really quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got the two of the EX Burst Odins, which a lot yep. of Mono Lightning players have been cutting because you don't really ever want to hard cast it. Yep. And you don't really want to like you, you don't want dead cards in your deck a lot of times as a mono lighting player now, um, but it's still if it comes off the top like it's probably going to win you a game. Uh, so he has he has the six CP Kane. Um, yep, that's super interesting. You don't see that card like ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's only running one Astinian, and mm-hmm. one, and then he's got one Kenny Vermisi, and he has the other Astinian, the rare. Yeah, I noticed that. Um, He's also running the Luis Swa with the Sid Previa, which I like a lot. Um, the mm-hmm. more that I've seen it, because it really lets it, it lets you pitch to play a backup to play another backup to then search for another backup. So yep. you get this turn one play with Sid uh, instead of like what we were saying, where you pitch three, one of them being Luis mm-hmm. Swa to Sid, you bring Luis Swa into play, and then you go get Alphano, and you mm-hmm. and you just pitch three cards basically to play three backups. Yeah, which is really good. Um, that's and, super. And, that's super aggressively fast, and that's awesome. Yeah, and, it, and it's an aggressive ramp too. So like, you're not mm-hmm. gonna like, you're, you're not gonna kill yourself on resources later. Uh, most everything else is oh the Zalbag obviously, uh, and then he has the Night Searcher for the Ramza and the Zalbag as well, and, and, and Garland as well. Yeah. Oh, and Garland. Yeah, Garland is a knight. That's true. Yep. Garland puts up a nice wall, and I, I do like um, how he's kind of adopted the fact that I, I feel like and I, I legitimately feel this way. If you're playing a mono deck that isn't water. Why not put Yuri in? Yeah, um, yeah, really. Water is like the big one because of like Fasoya, right? Exactly. Um, yeah, but I promise that, you, if Fasoya wasn't a card, oh, water would water would one hundred percent running Yuri. Yeah, I mean, even Ice to an extent. I think I'd rather play a Galdus. But other than mm-hmm. that, yeah, like you could probably run both. You could run probably one Galdus, one Yuri, Mono Ice, and oh, absolutely, totally just fine. Play whichever one you want. Yeah, Yuri's absurd. Um, so. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and obviously the top eight show the whole weekend showed that because he was the top Opus Seven card. Yep. Um, so speaking on the mono train, we have another mono water deck. Um, looks pretty standard again. Nothing we haven't already seen. Uh, big thing, big difference here. He's running the the good Titus from Opus Seven, yep. which I think is good because it allows you to bounce your Batarons, it allows you to ban- bounce your Merlewebs, uh, it allows you to bounce your Cloud of Darkness. Uh, another way to bounce your Cognazzo potentially if you don't have Scholar. It's expensive, but yeah. Um, yeah. I think, you know, the just to touch on this really quick, because I don't think we, this one's pretty stock other than those things mm-hmm. that you mentioned. Uh, like Titus, like the water backups typically have a problem with like once they're out, they don't do anything, right? Mm-hmm. That's like a water theme. You have to pick your backups very carefully because of that. Mm-hmm. But with yep. that Titus, if you can make room for him in your deck, it lets you replay them. And get mm-hmm. a second, you know, value out of them. Technically, you know, absolutely. Um, summons are a little light, though. All I see are three poo poo and three um three poo poo and three fanfrit. Yeah, no, no choo choo lane with the Yuna is a little strange, I guess. 
Mm-hmm. For sure. But well, maybe, yeah, I can see it. Maybe he's just looking for the, the. Uh, oh no, 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 sorry. Choo Choo Lane is in there. I see. I, I, it's hard looking at these sideways. Choo Choo Lane is oh, in yeah, there. Oh yeah, it's up top. Up yep. I see it too. Yeah, so that makes total sense. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how he's nestled. I don't know how I missed his fat ass between Waka and Merlewin. <laughs> yeah. All right, and this third deck we have yet another uh, Wind Earth deck. Yep. Uh, so, pretty it, standard. Uh, there's a few yep. cards, obviously. Um, the big one being vanilla. I'd say the big um, one for not being standard. Yeah, I mean, vanilla's an important for it. A lot of people are playing and abusing her. But, I mean, yep. I, I think that was something you saw even in the U.S. Nets. And it was something that I had in my deck testing for a long time. I just preferred the other package when I got into Nets. The new Ranger is there. Interesting. Um, which, you know, if you pay Wind and Earth, it breaks a monster two or less. So, well, yeah, when it comes into play, I think, yeah. I think, I think that, that's one of those cards that you call a mirror buster. It also taps, I think, for like a thousand damage or two thousand damage, and it can target your own Dotaluma. Yep. So, yeah. um, it's a pretty cool mirror card. Yeah. Um, and also, too, with uh, outside of Minfilia, when your Cactars are gone, they're gone. Like, yep. so having something that can destroy them is really, really powerful. Yep. Exactly. Uh, then everything else is stocked except for he's still playing Shadow Lord. I think a lot of other people have, uh, taken it out for Galdus. Sure. Which is still fair, considering that, you know, Turbo could have potentially been running around. Um, you know, he's running, you know, typical stuff. Uh, again, here we see Noctis again in Wind Earth for the exact same reasons. Uh, he combos very well with Cecil. He plays very well with Cactar. Um, he doesn't have any of the instant speed tricks like the Tama or, you know, the Phoenix, but... Cecil and Cecil and Cactar are enough to make him a threat when you need him to be a threat. Yep. All right. So we are moving right along here. Uh, now we have Toby. This, this is this is where things get wacky. Yeah, to- um, Toby's so- lists were a little strange for me, but I see yeah. a lot of his like where he's coming with a decent amount of twists. It's not like the cards that he picked were bad. Uh, they're right. just not stuff that you see a lot. And his his mono water list, which is the first one, isn't yep. that far off to be honest like he's obviously he loves the starter garnet and the poopoo play yep. uh which is is good uh mm-hmm. you know, it's a play that he's not you know other people are doing that too um and then the refia a lot of people aren't really playing refia right now but again well and i think refia is just great a it's great in the mirror and b it's great against it's great against um you know Fasoya decks because you have that one extra that one extra that could be helpful and the ability to bump something back, man, that could just be a blowout. Yeah, as long as you're set up. Usually it's kind of like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm already so far ahead that I can do this to you every turn yep. kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, other than that, everything else is kind of stock. I guess like three Steiners and the Ico. Yep. But, yeah, he definitely wants to see Steiner, it looks like. And uh, he's running New Oracle, which I think is a fantastic card. Oh, yeah. I, I Honestly, at this point, I've kind of considered that maybe almost a staple. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's that good. So. Um, but also, I guess it makes sense too because he's running. Um, he's got two Refia in there. He's only running one Waka. Yeah, that was that's another strange thing. That's something you don't really ever see is one Waka. Mm-hmm. Two maybe, but most people run three. Well, I look at it like this. Ever since uh, the Cauldron Cup, when we questioned Colin Rupert's number of why he only had one Cloud of Darkness because he only owns one, I'm gonna think that maybe either A he did it on purpose or B. He left the house with only one Waka and said, fuck it, I'm going with it. <laughs> Maybe. It's possible. And that would be wild. <laughs> so n- now, we're, now we're getting into juicy territory. This is like the old Starburst commercial where, where the, the garage fills up with water and fruit. Now here we are. 
Look at look at his mono lightning list. This thing so, is yeah. I like this list a lot, and it's pretty similar I to some, something that Curtis has been playing, right? Yeah, I actually I actually like this list an awful lot. Um, there's a few things that I don't like, but mm -hmm. I like Azul right now a lot. I do too. Um, Dragon is very annoying to deal with right now, but I mean, I guess if like it picks back up and like things like Zidane are running around in gold wings or something, like that's going to be a problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, but it takes carry Stola and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. uh, she can't yep. cancel dragons. Uh, you know, it's got the Sid Previa in there, so he's obviously like looking at that. Like he's got the Yuri. Mm -hmm. uh, I really like. Mm -hmm. I still like the Kane. It was a, th a point that I made on a podcast a long time ago that that card was going to be relevant, and yep. I'm glad that people are playing it. Absolutely. Um, he's running the Opus Seven Ramza. Uh, the yeah, the Opus Seven Ramza and the Opus Seven Ramu. Um, you know, he's, he's stacked to the gills with Stinian, though. I, I, I'm very curious to see how the one of Golbez worked out for him. Yeah. Um, I mean, games were getting pretty grindy and I could see mm -hmm. it being pretty good at the very end of a game. Other than that, you're probably just pitching them. And I'm going to show you another wacky one of, look how many Lulus are in the deck. Yeah. I mean, maybe he just doesn't like the anthems. I, I don't know because I think anthems in these decks are kind of a big deal, especially with the Soya running around. Yeah, um, I agree with that. The wackiest deck though. Mm -hmm. How many Alcids are in the deck? Oh, there, there is Johnny Donuts. Yeah, zero. Yeah. Alcid has been replaced by his, uh, his distant cousin Johnny Donut. Yeah, so I mean that's that's definitely the weirdest thing for me. And I mean maybe his well, thought process was like, if I'm playing Azul, I don't really have much room for him. Well, not only that too, right? Like, Alcid's one of those cards that if you sit across from Mono Lightning, you, you you're almost going to always assume that he's in there. Sure, and then that'll work for you in Swiss. But when you get to top eight, like they know, they don't have to play around. Right, that. right. So maybe that maybe that was just like a solidifier. I'm gonna get the top eight off of this, and you know, I, I I see that. But thankfully, the deck is good enough without it that he didn't just fold up. Yeah, I I think I still couldn't run one without it. No, I hear that. Yeah. I definitely hear that. All right, so his third list also super super cheeky. Um, he had a mono earth list, the only mono earth list, in, well, the only mono earth list in top eight, potentially the only mono earth list at the tournament. Yep. Um, it was it was neat to watch it play, even though like it ran up against probably the worst thing it could run up against. But let, let's take a look at this thing. He's got the full set of evokers, um, a couple Shantotos. He's got the full set of miners. He's running the Kolka. He's got Prish in here. He's running Leo, uh, forward Raubon. He's got the um the wa the that that's the Waff Searcher. Yep, he's got the Waff uh, Searcher, and he's got um the he's got uh, Epitaph, the Crystal Chronicle Searcher. Yep, and he's also got the Earth Forward Searcher as well. Yeah, yeah. and Mogmobius. So he he definitely has a very durable deck. Um, he's running Noctis in here as well, which this is a deck where you know you you're not really doing any tricks with Noctis. You're just sitting him there and with Ingus and wall out, he can be a huge, huge threat. Yeah. And then the combos obviously are like Zazot and, uh, Leo. Yeah. Uh, and then using raw, uh, is like a piece of removal that doesn't die. Yeah. Especially like you say, when you have in across and Ingus out, uh, Raubon just becomes a one sided. Yeah. He's absolutely great. Um, uh, using Prish, Prish is another one that when, you know, great against like the Famfret decks, when they kill her, you just slam the other one into play. Yeah. I feel like this, the weird thing that's off to me about this deck is just like mm -hmm. it, it feels like a lot of cards that you would just see as like tech cards, but like they're all trying to cohesively exist as a deck. If that makes sense. Right. But, but here's the big thing. This one, count the summons in this deck and tell me which one it is. Uh, it's just three of the backup destruction hecaton chain, yeah, right? That is it. That is it. 
Yeah. So he's not really inter- like his only interaction is through his forwards. Um, yeah. I mean, it's an interesting deck, and I can see the combos and like how they work. Uh, and I mean, you know, Mono Earth, like you're not seeing it a whole lot yet. Mm-hmm. It could still be good. And the only ones that are weird for like, I don't know if like you need to run Leo and Zazot because it, Zazot seems like the only reason to really run Leo in this list. Mm-hmm. Well, other than him being a big body that costs you next to nothing. Sure. Yeah, that's also true. Prish seems a little bit tacked on to me. Yeah, I agree um, with that. Um, he does run the Asmo die over Settel. Which I mean, you know, we heard on stream Alex talking about why Asmo dies relevant. Yeah, I mean, in mono, in mono, right? Like he's gonna kill anything dull, and yep. and be like one k smaller. Yep. And if you've got again, if you've got Ingus and in a cross out, yeah. he's fine. Yep. So yeah, really neat deck. Um, and that was Toby. So now we're moving on to the Ranch Master himself, the number three seed Hunter Nan. So now, now we're taking a look at decks that are, are they're going to be very familiar to us, like as far as you know the way they look. Um, and we've seen him play some of these before. Um, not the Mono Wind because um, that, that's a very new deck. Um, but he's got some different choices in his. He's running. Um, he's running Ark. He's running Adele. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, Layak is definitely not something yeah. you see in a lot of them. Yep. He's chosen the uh, the Opus uh, 7 Zidane, or 6 Zidane over Opus 3. Yep. And he's also got, he's running one Oracle backup. I really still like Oracle. I just always I struggle to find room for it. He's mm-hmm. only running one Vada, um, yep. which honestly, like, the more I think about it, I don't know if you need three Vada. I do think the card's insane. Yeah. But I think he's fine. I think he's a good two of. Yeah. I think he's a good two of, one or two. Because he, he kind of sets off those value turns, right? Yeah, and then Hunter's also playing uh, Backup Maria. Yep. Uh, which is yeah, he wants his guys to be bigger, yep. which is fine in the mirror because, you know, when you have a Yuri that's only 8K as opposed to his Yuri that's now going to be 10K with Ark out. Yep. And also running Ark allows him to, especially if he's got all his backups and he's reactivating stuff, he can actually take advantage of Ark's second ability to make his guys unblockable. Sure, yep, yeah. Ark is definitely the one that's forgotten about when you talk about those uh, buffers. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, and now we're going to move on to his mono water list. Uh, again, we're this is we're not reinventing the wheel here. His list is very, very straightforward. Um, three Fasolias, Halicarnassus, but he's he's back in the old school. Like no no Steiners here. He's just running. Yeah, you know, just this just is, good. Yeah, this is basically the list that I would probably run. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's just running Moogles over Poopoos, which is like. At best, if you want to make that argument, like super negligent, like yeah, and I, I mean he's running one poo poo and two moogles. Yeah, I mean there's there's arguments to both, and you know, mm-hmm. it, like uh, it's very small the difference in them. Yeah, because this is just because this is just a, a solid archetype and a very solid deck. Like you, like mono water is the kind of deck that you can just kind of flavor to taste and not lose its consistency, or it's just just impact turns, you know. Yep. All right, and his last deck is his. This is kind of his his baby. This this is the one that, you know, honestly, when I think of Hunter Nance, this is the deck I I think of him playing his Ice Earth deck. Flan um, Control, right? Oh no no no! It's 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 uh maybe it's Shantoto Flan. I actually still have the deck list <laughs> from the Cauldron Cup. We're gonna take a look here. We're gonna look at what he named it here. Nope, not Eagleton Run. Um, yeah, because I've got I've got all of them, and I'm I'm not gonna move on until I find it. Um, let's see, that's Kevin Hunter. Uh, Ice Ice Earth Flan Mid Range. Flan Mid Range. I was close. Yep. Yeah. And yeah, this 
I'm looking at it. It's pretty similar. The only yeah. uh, man, this might actually be the same deck, dude. No, I, I like this deck. I think this deck worked yeah, well for him. He he came pretty close to top eight at Cauldron. It's not like he played bad. He think he went. Yeah, he, yeah. He lost to Sam, which is again, Sam's a great player as well. Yeah, and like I, he's been playing this deck a while. I think the double flans now are pretty nuts. Uh, he yeah. loves the Carbuckle backup. I I like it a lot too. It's pretty good. Yep. Uh, I like uh, his again, Emperor tech choice a lot, especially with the field of Yuri's. Yeah, so. Field of Yuri's, Field of Fasolia's. Um, he's he's also using Noctis in the deck, which is again fine. Um, like I said, the big the big thing, uh, one of the big payoffs for running Ice Earth with a six focus is you get to use Terra and Dotaluma and just machine gun stuff down. And that you know we saw that on stream. If you go back and watch that, you know that snippet of the match, he just just went to town. Yeah, uh, the only I think outlier here for me is the Radia, but I don't yeah. think it's bad. Um, yeah, it gets his chairs. It gets his Shiva. You know, he he's only running one Shiva, so like you know maybe Shiva when you know when he needs it he can get it. Looks like because it looks like his finisher in the deck is Kuja. Just slam Kuja, get something out of the way. Yeah, and then you know Dotaluma Terra machine gun. So like this is a very very solid deck, and I think if somebody wanted to play Earth Ice, this would be a good place to go. But it's not it's not an easy deck to pilot. Yeah, no doubt. All right, and then we've got uh, the next one. We've got our uh, top seed going into Swiss, Jamie Faulkner, which we saw a lot of these decks. Uh, we got to see a lot of this on stream today. So we'll start with his Wind Water deck. It's definitely it, it's YRP deck with a very very slight. I mean, it's again that Diet Coke YRP, but it's very very light splash of water. I mean, the only water cards in here are the Unibackup, uh, Merlweb. Porum, Cloud of Darkness, Choo Choo Lane. There's like there's an Ico and a Halicarnassus. Yeah, and uh, I think Jamie's one of the players that split his Diaboloses. Yeah, uh, he did. Two. He's running two here, and I think one in his Earth Wind, which we'll get yeah, to. Which is hard, man. Like that. That summon is so good, and I think mm -hmm. he even spoke about this on stream that like if it hits damage or like you just don't see it, like it doesn't feel great. Oh yeah, it it could be a, it could make the difference between winning and losing a game. Yeah. Other than that, I think this list is uh pretty stock. I think like three three porums is definitely a pretty it's a lot, but. Mhm. Mm and of course, he's running Yuri Trelinka. He's got Mom in there to search him out. Yep. Yeah, I think this this list is pretty solid, top to bottom. Yeah, I agree. Not really agree. too many like weird things. Yeah. Not nothing really crazy happening here. Um. And then his next list, uh, we, you know, good segue with the Diabolos. We've got his. Um, this is his Earth Wind deck um, that we got to see a lot of on stream. And you know, you know, we kind of sound like a broken record at this point talking about what this deck does. Uh, he's definitely using the Galdus, which I think is really, really smart. Uh, again, he's got Noctis. What I really like that he's doing, he's running Yojimbo, mm -hmm. and I like Yojimbo being a burst, especially when you have Noctis in the deck. Because I'll tell you right now, nothing, you know, people around here can, you know, and I, I, I know I've hit you with it a couple times. Nothing feels better than flipping that Yojimbo on damage and having Noctis just go to town, especially if it's the, the six point of damage. Oof. Yeah. And obviously he's playing three Noctis too. So like you can also hit the Noctis on the six point with a Noctis out. That's pretty rough. Yep. And then of um, course the Cactar. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, this was, uh, that was the card I was talking about, kind of a mirror breaker too. Like it lets mm -hmm. you kill your Stola really without trading with like your Zidane or your Noctis. Yep. Um, He's also running another mirror breaker in there. Uh, Nash, I see Nash yeah. nestled in there. Yeah. Nash is definitely a mirror breaker. It's a burst that kills Cactuar. Yep. So absolutely. 
I'm trying to think about it. Okay, so I know earlier we talked about um, something where he he had made a goof in one of his. Uh, I want to say it was in his top eight match. Mm-hmm. There's either his top eight or his top four match, where he has one Barbarisha in this deck and one Barbarisha in the Wind Water deck. Mm-hmm. So when they went to pick the decks, he saw Barbarisha in the front and thought it was this one. Yeah, that but it was, was actually his Wind Water deck. Yeah, that was in the first round of top eight. I think he said that on. Okay. Screen. Yeah. Yeah, I know he had mentioned that and he was just like and he, he said he was pretty tilted over it, but he uh you know, he he collected himself and played it and did very well. So I mean it's you know, but it, it's tough when that's that's one of the downsides, I guess, between dividing your cards. Like you can't just look at it, you're like, Oh man, I, I think I have this in two different decks and you have to kind of go through it that way. Yep. So but no, his, his list is really solid. He's running a lot of... It, it's almost like a hybrid of the cut list that we've seen. He's running Archers, which I think is super critical right now. He's running the Carbuncle, which, again, is a great card with Noctis. Um, let's see. He's got the Echo in there, which is, is fine. Um, three symbols. Yeah, pretty, pretty standard stuff here. Yeah, nothing too crazy. Yep, and then uh, his third list. Uh, again, we're, we're back on the six train. Here's another Tempo Ice list. Um, this one... Uh, I, I, this one I like a little bit better because it does use Sephiroth, which I think is a... I mean, Sephiroth is just an unfair card. That card is super, super powerful. Um, it's, it's, and it's, it's very. This deck is very top-heavy, right? It's running three Sephiroth, three Orphan, two Sid Allstain. Yeah, it's pretty top-heavy. That's my only gripe, I think, with the deck in general, mm-hmm. is how top-heavy it is. But he does have mm-hmm. like cheaper cards like Lasswell and Sid Reigns. Yep, and um, yeah, a lot of his backups are two drops. Um, the one, the one card that I, is questionable to me is the uh, the backup emperor. Uh, I think the card's good. I think it's a good card, but I don't know, I don't know if it fits here. But you know, you know, maybe maybe someone will listen to this, and maybe he'll listen to this and comment on. It. Like, I, I don't, I don't get why it's there. It, I, maybe it, because it, I've never seen the card in action. Yeah, it it's a card that uh, if it hits as a burst later in the game, it's great. If it hits as a burst early, it's like bad, but. Exactly. It's last ability though can let you turn on the jets at the end of the game and use cards that otherwise you wouldn't use to kill stuff. So you're, so you're saying it's a tempo card and a tempo deck? Yeah, kind of. But I mean, it's it's not something I would commit a lot of my deck to if that makes sense. Like it, it's a good not one sure. of I think. Um, well, that's fair. That's a very fair assessment. My sure. only thing that I would probably change is I'd probably run more than one Jill. No, that's uh, I agree with that. I'd probably have two at minimum two. I feel like that card's a minimum two up. Um, and I know we talked about with the last one, um, you know, I don't think Mateus belongs in this deck, but we, we saw, we saw Okimoto, Okimoto's playing almost this exact same list. We saw him blow out, um, Shoto with a, with a Mateus. Yep. So the card's still really, really good, but I do wish I would have liked to see that as like a third Glatia or, and maybe even instead of a Mateus, a, an Opus one, uh, an Opus three Shiva just to seal the deal if you have to. Yeah, for sure. But again, that's what orphans for. You know, it's kind of weird. I, I, I kind of segue it right there. It's so weird that you know, since Tempo has kind of been out of the limelight for a while, how much differently we look at Shiva now. Because mm-hmm. that card, you know, it just—I mean, it was always a good card. Then, I mean, when I, Turbo kind of came out, it just became a very scary card. Yeah, I remember at Boston, I, I didn't—I think I had one Shiva in my deck. Like that was it, mm-hmm. and I was already yeah. on the Glacia train at that point. Yeah, absolutely. All right, and the last set we're going to look at here from the, you know, we it's fitting that the last two were second and then our champion, respectively. Um, this is uh, Alex Hancock's. We'll start with his mono water list. Um, the big difference from his from anybody else's is um, 
we have some uh, some Lady Ashelia in there. Yeah, which uh, is always a card on my radar when I'm building water decks too. Oh, absolutely. She's just really good. It's sometimes just hard in a deck like this to find room for her. So he's obviously like, that's mm-hmm. his tech choice is Ash. So absolutely, absolutely, and it's it's other than that, every card is self explanatory here. Yeah. I mean, your tech slots are obviously Halicarnassus and Nash, like every or, uh, Ash, not Nash. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything else is like, oh, actually, only having two ephemerals is a little weird. Ooh, yeah, for a mono water, that's a little wacky because he's now. But I know some people switch the numbers; they'll run two ephemeral and uh, three ephemeral and two night. Looks like he just switched that here. And truth be told, it worked uh, out. For him. Yeah. It, it it worked out very well for him having that third night because that's uh, that that's what kept him in. Um, what, which, I forget what game we were watching where he was really against the ropes and like having all those knights. I think, uh, yeah, and if you listen to him talk about his deck, I think he said something that alludes to this as well. He said that he's playing a mono water deck with Fasoya in it, not mm-hmm. not a Fasoya deck that's water. So, no, and that makes perfect sense. So like he still has the stuff to do the plays. Uh, he's not running three mm-hmm. Fasoya, which a lot of people run three. I'm of the mind I like two. I love two. I think two is perfect. And to me, I mean, actually, that does make a ton of sense. Like, he's obviously, he has the stuff to set up the powerful plays, but mm-hmm. he's not a deck that if he doesn't see the Fasoya, it just, like, falls apart. Exactly. And uh, so now and that, that'll actually kind of lead us into his next deck, which is his Mono Ice deck. And this, it's kind of funny how some of the things we talked about with these decks, we get to this one and it kind of answers, kind of gives us some of those wants. Mm-hmm. So we said earlier we would run like a Yuri and a Gaudis. Guess what? He's running one Yuri, one Gaudis. Yeah, he did say that uh, this was his least favorite of the three. He wasn't very comfortable on it, and mm-hmm. and that he didn't. You would have never guessed it watching the finals. <laughs> yeah, and he said he didn't even like it. He, th- he said that he said he thinks the deck sucks. Wow, that's um, wild. He said that he just had to bring a third deck, and Ice seemed to be the safe pick, and that if he didn't have to like gear towards certain things, he probably would have just built it differently. No, that's fair. But um, but this list is actually really, really solid because he's running, you know, he's running the Renoas, the Genesis, the three All Stains, the three Orphan. Um, he's running a, a good summon, a good tempo summon. He's running two Zalera. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's also running the three Drop Kuja, which is always nice to see. Um, believe it or not, for a deck that he, you know, and again, he's now the world champion. So I guess you know he kind of is the final authority on his own deck. But I think this deck is actually really, really solid. Yeah. No pun intended. I mean, there there probably be a few things I would change, but obviously, like he's making decisions based on the decks that he thinks he's going to be facing. So. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. But it's a really solid choice all across the board. And then, um, his last one is you know the deck we got to see the most of on stream, and that's uh, another Wind Earth deck. Um, this one, you know, again, all the card choices are what we've seen before. Uh, the Vanille really put in a lot of work in the in today's top cut. Yeah. Um, he kept has- him in. the yeah, he has a few cards that are a little that no one else is playing, and I like uh, them like, actually. Like Hugh Yerg. Yep. Um, he has an epitaph to search out Hugh Yerg, and then you use Hugh mm-hmm. Yerg to search out Semi. You get like a little train going. Yep, yep. Uh, and then he's running the Asmo, um, which I don't think anybody else had an Earthwind, and I liked his reasoning a lot. It made yep. a ton of sense. Yep, absolutely. Um, and of course, he's got Camelot and Galdus, which are you know feel great. Uh, the full three Diabolos is absolutely fantastic. Yeah, uh, one I mean, Santoda, which I think is fine, especially if you've got Minfelia and Minor to recycle them. Yeah, I mean, I'm a fan of two just because if it hits damage, I feel like shit. Oh, sure. Yeah. So. Um, and let's see. Yeah, everything else is pretty straightforward. So, 
you know, and I think that's the last day. Yeah, it is the last deck of the of the uh, of the top eight breakdown. So, a lot of safe stuff here. Mm-hmm. Super super safe top eight. Um, and that might speak. Um, again, I would love to see the rest of the decks in this event, but you know, overall it was super super safe as far as the the deck choices went. And but the thing is, though, with 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 safe decks comes very safe clean play. Yep. So. A lot of comfort choices. So, you know, you know, that was kind of the top eight breakdown there. Again, congratulations to Alex Hancock for winning the whole thing. Uh, can't wait to hear the next episode of Crystal Tower when he breaks down his matches and stuff like that to, you know, kind of see where if, you know, we were all of the same mindset there. But today, and then right after that, they took a break. And then they had, oh, I'm sorry, before I do that, did you have any other thoughts on top eight as far as deck choices, construction? We, we, we kind of seen this coming outside of Turbo. Yeah, I think you got a hit on the head. It was obviously a lot of like what we've seen for the most part mm-hmm. uh, with a lot of stuff that we knew we expected minus the Turbo. So Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but overall, it was a great event. Uh, loved every second of it. And then they took a little break, and then they finished with a closing ceremony, which was kind of nice, where... Uh, they presented trophies. I missed the first part of it because I was um, I, what was I doing? I I don't remember. I was in the shower, um, and I know some people talked, and then I I came in. And I I picked it back up right when uh when Jamie Faulkner got his trophy, and you know he had real his real heartfelt words that he said, really nice, you know, just you know very gracious. Um, and then Alex getting up giving his speech, Kagiyama saying his four things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also they they were um. You know, throughout the weekend and also here at the end, they had a couple reveals. Um, nothing crazy, but yeah. they revealed some art that are probably going to be on some cards coming up. Uh, a Marsh, um, the from Legends. What's her name? I don't remember her name, but yeah, it's like new it's art, like Abel or something, something weird like that. And this is brand new art to the game. Like yeah. it, it's not, it doesn't exist yet, uh, which is really cool. Yeah, and then another thing we didn't touch on is now Alex gets to decide what the next full art promo is yeah yeah that's a good segue because apparently the winner not only got to chose they get to choose what the next full art promo is they also get to take one of their decks and get it in an uncut sheet yeah he'll probably pick between wind uh wind earth and mono water for so yeah I'm sure. i would imagine so um, i would imagine so. and then we got to see what the next full art promo will be after that one i think which is going to be h you know which is really exciting yeah, and it's it's I'm so fun. It's so funny that it was that one because what were we talking about on the way home from Curtis's as far as like what we think the good full art cards are? It's the ones that have like like scenes from the game or like full sweeping artwork. Yeah. I mean, you don't want like a a tide page. It's like full. Yeah, yeah like that's not yeah, gonna you, do anything. I'd be funny, yeah, I guess. Like but like, um, and then the other big things that were announced were. I mean, outside of their speeches, which were really great, and if you want to watch those, you should go watch the VOD, because they're mm-hmm. both both were really good. Um, uh, so the next Worlds is going to be in U- the United States. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be on home turf. Yeah, that's going to be real nice. Uh, they also did show the Opus 9 uh, de- uh, box art, which has Vincent on it. Yeah, so I'm excited, because that means I could eventually play my title deck, which is only going to be Vincent or something like that. Exactly. Uh, and then... Um, the other thing was the fan festival. The U.S. and EU are going to get a fan festival on each, I think. Yeah, yeah, um, we're getting a Final Fantasy TCG fan fest, which is so awesome. Yeah, so that's going to be pretty sweet. And then the EU is actually adopting the Crystal Cup system, so there'll be a more 
unified system across EU and North America. They didn't say if Japan was going to do it or or mm -hmm. any of the other Asian countries are going to do it. Mm -hmm. uh, but at least UA and NA will, see, will be more unified, I think, next year as far as their system. See, and that's awesome because now and that could potentially lead to like a global ranking system, something like that. I'm excited for the uniformity. I can't wait to see how it all looks in practice. Yep. And I think that was kind of it as far as like yeah of actual just like worlds uh world it was just, it was fantastic i think i it was a fantastic culmination of this entire competitive season i thought it was just, it couldn't have ended any better yeah um we got to see some great play from great just great great competitors and just re just really got to make a weekend out of it you know we were able to hang out with our communities and play and like talk back and forth just just a really fantastic weekend and i can't wait for the next competitive season to start um but we got some big news going into our competitive season um adam i'll, I'll let you take this one away because you kind of you know you you kind of you're kind of the home the the keeper for the twitch channel and all that stuff and you know uh yeah so we've been streaming a lot for mm -hmm. like the last month i guess uh, mm -hmm. we didn't stream cauldron cup i mean we, we did i streamed it but it was ran on the turks channel but every other thing that's been on our channel um and then you know adam and austin have been streaming like their octagon stuff putting a time in and so we were finally approved to, for affiliate on twitch uh which is pretty sweet so that means we have a sub button now we have an emote that people were using in the world's chat if people Dude, saw it was it. so awesome seeing the ranch bottles um I wish I would have probably spammed it the chat more, but Saturday I was hanging out with everybody, so I couldn't really, like, you know, unless I wanted to do it from my phone. Um, but, yeah, I mean, so that's pretty awesome. Uh, it's pretty sweet to see. I guess we'll probably try to shoot for partner, but that's going to be pretty hard to get. It's going to be a lot more work. Mm -hmm. um, but we're definitely not going to stop streaming tournaments. Like, we're going to keep streaming tournaments. So, I mean, if you guys want to support, like, a subscription would be awesome. Uh, yeah. And, like, any money, like, back from that is just going to go straight back into our stream and our equipment and stuff. So, it's pretty yeah, sweet. Absolutely. It just means we're growing, which is pretty awesome. And, you know, it's, even the fact that we even have subscribers now is pretty sweet. So, yeah. And we definitely do it for you guys, right? Like, it's, we, we want to see the community get, have, as, have as much content and as much information at their fingertips. And, you know, if you guys can help us, you know, if you guys can, are able to help us out in that journey, man, you know, we appreciate every bit of it. Um, cause we want to keep giving it back and that's, that's really what it's all about. I mean, and, you know, like I said, we'll be doing a lot more, a lot more streaming, a lot more, um, you know, do some octagon, you know, gauntlets, things like that. I know we've kind of started doing that. Yeah. And I mean, maybe even it gets to the point where we do this live, right? Oh, dude, that'd be sick. That'd be absolutely sick. So, so we could do, take, do some, do some interaction, you know, some fan questions, you know, things like that. So, but Overall, man, this was just a great, you know, if you look at the, you know, all of our episodes up to this point, we kind of started the podcast at the beginning of this competitive season, and now we've seen it all the way through to the end. Yep. And I can't wait, I can't wait to see where we go next. Yeah, it's going to be a pretty sweet, I, I'm excited to see what next year has in store. Dude, I'm along for the ride. It's, I, I'm in, I'm in it to win it, man. This is a lot of fun, and I, you know, I can't thank this community enough for, you know, just, just being what they are. Yeah, no doubt. But with that being said, I know we've uh, we've rambled on a little bit, but just a lot to unpack there. Great weekend. I urge everybody to go back, watch the videos from this, watch the stream from this past weekend. Look at those top eight deck lists, man. This is what we're going to be seeing a lot more of coming up here for Opus 7. So with that being said, I need to get some food. I am starving. <laughs> yep, I hear that. So we'll sign off with that. Yep, see you later.
Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening once again to the RVA Returners podcast. If you like this content and you want to hear more, check us out on YouTube at RVA Returners. And make sure you follow us on SoundCloud and check us out on Google Play and iTunes.